Hey friend, welcome back to the Summit Up podcast, the podcast brought to you by Summit Salon Business Center, which is focused on bringing happiness to the beauty industry. I'm your host, Blake Reed Evans, and today's episode is going to be so incredible because we are going to talk about what it takes to run not one, not two, not three, but four salon locations. And I'm so excited to have a really amazing friend of Summit Salon Business Center, Kenneth Snyder here. He is the owner of four locations in central New Jersey, and the name of his salon company is Evolution Salon. So Kenneth, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Blake. I am so excited to be here. And to be honest, without without Summit, I don't think I ever would have been here. So I think this is almost like a full circle moment for me. That's really cool to hear. I love that you owe it to to being a part of the Summit Network, but I think there's also some magic that definitely comes from you. Can you tell us the origin story of Evolution? Like, when did you open your first location? What made you open that, that first location? We're going to start there and chronologically build out from there. Okay, so I'm somebody that uh, switched businesses from I was in fashion industry, and I decided to leave corporate world and I went to hair school. And um, I always wanted my own business. So I always thought it would be in fashion or a clothing store or something like that. And I decided that I wanted to go to hair school, I always wanted to do it. So I went to hair school, and I really couldn't find anywhere in the industry where I felt that a salon owner was business minded. It was interesting. I worked in one salon, Mm -hmm. then I worked in another through school. And uh, it was just interesting to me, like how the owners spent their money. You know, I I worked for one guy that had six tubes of color. So if you weren't that color, you didn't get your hair colored. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, this is definitely, these people are missing the mark. So we're talking about 20, 25 years ago when nobody even knew that you could make money doing hair. And I'm like, there's got to be a better way. So that's when I decided to go do my own and buy into a little salon in Shrewsbury that was six chairs. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, <laughs> that's so <laughs> shocking just to hear to hear that. That yeah, that's really funny. So you started with the location in Shrewsbury. Did you keep that location at six chairs, or did you expand from there? Yeah, the name of it was something different when we started. It was just called the Salon of Shrewsbury. And as we grew a little bit, we had six chairs and then we added to eight. And then a couple of years later, when um, I think we we went for uh, doing, say, $600,000, $700,000 a year, we grew to nine stylists. And then at that point, I was growing it nicely myself, but it was really hopping organically. And then the next, the store next door to me became a little bit available. And what I mean by a little bit is that she wanted to reduce her rent. And so I took part of it and made it Mm -hmm. a little bit bigger. And then we expanded to 12 chairs. Nice. And then somewhere along the line, we weren't really selling retail. We weren't focused on that. We remodeled the salon. And then I met my sales rep, Carl, who introduced me to Redken Products. Mm -hmm. And I actually told him if it wasn't based on education, he could leave. So he says, try one thing. And we had a whole crazy meeting. They shipped me and billed me for all this stuff. And I just like literally threw him out of the salon. (laughs) So uh, Carl and I are now dear friends and we've been in business together for over 20 years. And uh, so then we started doing Redkin and they started teaching me about the education and retail. At the same time, Carl was introducing me to it. Redkin brought on Summit Right. So it was the beginning of them teaching us how to run a business, which actually led me to Redkin and Summit at the same time. 
So it was just kind of happened. And then from there it went, you know, I picked Heather Bagby as my coach because I went to the first summit. So I haven't let her go. And um, she's also become a good friend of mine. So with her wisdom and all that stuff, I grew it. And she's like, wow, this is pretty cool. And I'm like, what's happening? And it's just, it grew. And then when we changed the name, um, how it got its name, I was reading a book by Oprah and evolution is always changing, never ending. And that's why I named it evolution. That's so that's so magical to hear, I think, that to really paint a, a really good picture, too, for everybody. So when you have the 12 chairs, at that time, were you just like, I have 12 chairs, now I only have 12 employees, and that's it? Or did you double shift? No, I didn't believe in double shifting. Um, oh, wow. I mean, it was, it was a long time ago. Yeah. So we didn't double shift. I was like, oh, no, everybody's still at that point. Everybody still had their own station with their stuff in yeah. it. You know what I mean? There was no double shifting and we were still closed two days a week um, yeah. but, the, but the volume that was coming out of that one salon and the amount of people that wanted to come on it did give us enough where our rent was low and i had no debt another location was actually approached to me and a realtor came and said i know you're doing well we have this location in mammoth beach for you and i didn't want it i said no and then heather said why don't we look at the numbers as she always does at that point, we almost hit 1.3 or 1.4 million in sales. So if we took four or 500,000 out and let it grow over there in Mammoth Beach, you're still going to be fine and it'll give us room to grow. That's how the second location got born. And that was the year of Hurricane Sandy was the year that we went over there. So we started that. I got a couple shareholders. Um, second location, I will say, is the one you make your most mistakes on. And they are the biggest learning tools in the world. Yeah, I want to dig into that more more in a second, because I think that I agree, because we have two locations and it's been a learning curve for sure. So before we get there, I want to talk about the brand partnership that you mentioned, which is you kind of joined with Redkin. They started talking about the products and how to sell retail. Um, at the time, Summit was the exclusive business partner to just Redkin. Now it's with all of L'Oreal PPD for our friends listening. But what weren't brands giving you before that you found with Redkin? So I think the major difference was, is that one was stylist driven and the other ones were sales driven of how much you would buy from them. So it was the first one that I actually saw that there was some connection between the product and the stylist, right? So for me, I thought, well, wow, like, listen, we all have to make money in business, but they wanted the stylist making money at the same time they wanted the salon owners making money and, yeah. and selling the product. And I think that was the huge click for me. Um, I don't see many brands that care about what the stylists earn. Um, mm -hmm. And these people did. Even way back, they were definitely like, you know, we want the stylists to be able to use the products, sell them. And it was about making money. Like, we're not here to take charity. But they did care because they knew the stylists would drive their sales. I mean, it kind of works, right? So if everybody's making money, everybody's making money. If only one yeah. person's making money eventually there's somebody not going to be there to buy your product. I, I think that's a that's coming around right now is that we're going back into seeing that, right? Like we need stylists to know what Redkin is and know how well they support the individual who's behind the chair because I think that's how 
That's how you can earn a lot of money in this field. And I don't know about other areas of the country, but in New Jersey, if you're going to be a stylist, you have to earn a lot of money to live here. It's it's not cheap to live in New Jersey. It's a beautiful place. Nobody knows that. But where we live is stunning. We have beaches. It's so pretty. Yeah, we're yeah. 40, 40 minutes into the city by a ferry. We're a bedroom community of Wall Street. Uh, there's major pharmaceuticals here. There's construction here. So it's a very densely populated state where you can make a lot of money, but you need to be able to earn a lot of money to stay here. Yeah. I don't know if I answered your question, but... No, you you absolutely did. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, I, what I'm hearing too is just like, it's just having a brand that shares the same ethics that you did, which is like making sure that stylists can grow being able to grow themselves, which if they're growing, everybody else in in that line also grows. So it's really major. So you, at the same time, got Redkin, got started with Summit, and took on Heather Bagby, which is doing coaching. Were you like all on board? Like, did you attend the Summit and were like, hell yeah, like I'm on board for everything they have to say? Or did you have any points of contention where you're like, I'm not sure if that works for us or, or anything like that? That's so funny, Blake. You know, if I went back and was able to talk to my younger self, I'd be like, could you just pay attention and listen? So I would say we did one third and then we did two thirds and then we probably got to, you know, almost there. But every step of the way, you know, promotional signs on stations, balloon, like none of it. I was like, yeah, that's not me. I don't want big signs in my salon. It was just a different style, right? But what I loved about Summit is that do as much as you want. And when it doesn't work, then try what we're telling you. Totally. <laughs> and so yeah. you can kind of use it how, however you want. But once it right. doesn't work your way, you should try it our way. Because, you know, we've done some research. Yeah, I did it a little bit each way. But more and more over the years, I trusted it. And it didn't take me long to get there. I would say that now... I mean, we're not a hundred percent, but our, I, but I'm saying we're ninety percent, right? Yeah. But we work very closely with Summit, and we love the information that they give back. And just having Redkin there is, you know, one thing that I know for sure is the amount of money we spend and the amount of Redkin spends on us for education is going to be the game changer of why three locations is really great to have because the money that we get to spend on education because of what we buy, um, Mm -hmm. that partnership is so valuable. I think now more than ever, you have to have a point of difference of why people Mm -hmm. are going to come work for you or what makes evolution different in New Jersey than every other, you know, salon suite or boutique salon. I think that's the huge difference of what we'll be able to offer moving forward. Well, I think it's really cool to seeing it because for everyone listening, I was just at Evolution teaching a class there and like your turnout was massive (laughs) compared to what I've seen at other salons post the beginning of the pandemic. Um, So it was really cool to see how many people were there. And then um, this last week, I was teaching at the Redkin Exchange in New York City and you had people there your people love education and that's rare, I think, but I think it starts from the top and then it works its way down. Um, so just, I wanted to applaud you for that. Cause like your salon gets so much education and it's really impressive. 
And I think, Blake, it's apparent right now and to everyone out there, you know, the pandemic, well, it did halt all our education. It halted everything we did. I mean, we can't ignore the fact that people have not learned how to cut hair in three years. And what we really did was we changed things up. Like I had to change my reaction to everything. Five years ago, we were to force people to go to education, right? Today, it's like we post the class. You want to show up. If you don't, you're the only one losing out. And we don't say it that way, but it's more of... We want you, you have to want this also. And that's the huge thing. They like, we want to give it to you, but you have to want it. And I think that's huge too. Like we don't weaponize it against people. But if, for example, we had a pixie cutting class and then the person gets a redo for a pixie, it's, hey, you missed an opportunity to be able to grow yourself in that area. So maybe next time we have a cutting class, I'd really encourage you to make it a priority for you that. Yeah, we're going completely the opposite way of I ever thought we would. And what we're doing is we're offering classes to people that, you know, like the people you saw at the exchange. Interesting. One of them is a mother of two young children, Mm -hmm. right? So before in my head or before in the leadership head, we would have been like, oh, she's too busy to take that class. Right. But she's somebody we want to be a future leader and she's really great at doing what she does. You know what? So we offered it to her. How about she tells us no before we say no in our heads? Right. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just level of willingness and like age has nothing to do with it. Family situation has nothing to do with it. It's just how committed is somebody to their craft? Exactly. Um, It was crazy. We have a great educator coming. I believe her name is Lindsay and she will be at Evolution on, I think, October 27th. Let's just pick a date or the 4th, whatever it is. But literally within an hour, we posted in our internal and 27 people signed up for the class within an hour. That's amazing. And I was like, okay, I'm not telling anybody anymore when they have to go to a class. Like yeah. that just does not work anymore for <laughs> this generation or the people working. Yeah, I think that's incredible. And I think the biggest thing I want our listeners to really hear is education and being stylist focused and you know, partnering with people that can help you you scale. I'm ready for us to jump into opening the other location um when you decided to open that second location in monmouth beach you said that the numbers made sense you could move four hundred thousand over and still be okay what did the process look like for the third location what happened was this unique retail space became available and i had two people that were working at the original location shrewsbury that definitely were going to be future leaders so this small little location came available that it's going to sound weird, but there's a harbor town near us, and the harbor owned the building. So we knew that this building, like the rent, was just the best you could ever do to be in a space. It still is. It's $1,300 a month for this rent. So I went and I started exploring this third location because I had, I mean, even if I put two people in there, I would make money. So I was like, okay. And then that, that, that location fell apart because the guy that I was dealing with didn't have the rights to sell me the lease. So then what happened was, is this other person that wanted to open a salon, there's a space that came available in a major shopping area. So we thought the third one was not going to open. So the next opportunity was this other one, maybe five miles from the Shrewsbury location with another partner. And we opened that Eatontown location. We moved people over there. And the three were starting to really do okay. And they're doing well. So what happened was, is in the middle of opening the third one, they called me about the building for the fourth one. 
And the deal was so good that Heather said, you can afford it, even if you don't open for a year, get the lease. Okay. So she did all the numbers. We worked it all out. And at this time, the company was doing some million, two million. Uh, we were probably getting close to about three million right there yeah. in sales between the three locations. So we were able to financially do that. And each time I had a home equity loan or whatever you call it, line of credit on my house for 150000 So I would just use that to keep on opening the salons. Wow. Yeah, but I mean, numbers don't lie, right? And that's that's one of my favorite things about Summit and particularly minds like Heather Bagby is the numbers don't lie. So you're okay as long as you look at the numbers and things are going to be good. What are some of the hardships that you found with this second and third and fourth location? What were some of the learning curves that you came across during that time frame? So I think the biggest changes were like from the first to the second location is I am a natural person that I want to help everyone and I want to fill their books up. And I want to make sure that everybody has what they need. The first group of people that I supported, I kind of filled their books up. They earned it. They were great stylists. They kept the clients that I put in their chairs, but I never let them build their books on their own almost, right? They're mm-hmm. almost like, so that was a learning curve. It was a learning curve to teach that next generation, like for them to learn how to pass it along, right? So that was always a struggle with that second location, it kind of just fed off of the other one. And then we would put people in it. So it wasn't self-growing on its own. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It's like enabling them a little bit, not really letting them go through the hardships of being able to build their own business. And no, no hardships at all. Like I made it, I made it to the point where, yes, it wasn't, it was not a good thing. I would never suggest it to anyone, but it worked financially for a little while. And number three, the person was amazing that opened and she's still a shareholder today. Hannah, she was my associate when I only had one associate. And I think I made her so exhausted. She's like, I just have my own location because I can't like, do this. As far away as possible from you. Yes. <laughs> um, no, she's a love. No, and she started her own location. But, you know, when you start another location, I think the thing I would share with everyone is the person, the people you open the location with are not the people that are going to be there in three to five years. Right. It's kind of a weird dynamic, but some of them stay and some of them go. And I think when we're in, when we're used to our one shop that people stay forever, that's not reality. I think we all got a taste of reality in the last two years. That's yeah. that that's real what we're going through now is real life. In every other industry, there's there's turnover, there's people that'll leave, there's people that'll stay for long, there are people that'll leave in six months. You know, in the salon world before used to stay for years on end. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is just not, there, there are so many avenues like everywhere else and opportunities. So what we're trying to do at Evolution Now is provide a career path for someone so that they don't have to leave us. They can go in different directions. But if you're not willing to pass it on, share, or do what we want, we're okay now with you leaving. Like we're not forcing anybody's growth anymore. So the third and the fourth were more natural and they're growing more natural. And we've had some people leave and open salons. Um, they've left really nicely and they wanted smaller. And that was their dream when they started. And I want every salon owner to hear that, is that you want to hire the people that want to be owners, even if you keep them for five years. You don't know what five years is going to bring, but they're worth it because they want to stay in the industry. Yep. I'm not, a, I'm not afraid of anybody opening another business. I'm afraid of not doing good business while I'm open. I think that's great to have entrepreneurs in your 
in your midst and that they're learning. I mean, in every other industry, accounting, lawyers, doctors, there's residency, right? Then they move to another hospital. Nobody stays in the same location unless they're growing within the organization. Yeah. I just got chills while you were talking, Kenneth, because I think it's a mindset that you and I both know work because it's possible, but I just hope it lands with everybody because I know, and I've said it a couple of times on the podcast, like I would have left sheer art a long time ago had I not had a future path in front of me, um, like becoming a shareholder and possibility of having, you know, my own location and things like things that are possible, knowing that it's open there to me. I don't have to take it, but just knowing that it's there helps me stay. And I love that you're providing that for people. That's my big takeaway from pandemic everything now is that you have to open that career path. And what pandemic really did was it cleared out the people that didn't want to pass it on, which is completely amazing. So anybody that didn't want to pass left and everybody who wants what we have to offer kind of is finding us. So it's like this whole little switch and it just feels better. As it stands now with Evolution, you have four locations. How many employees do you have? Um, I think we're somewhere. I know my manager will think I'm nuts because I don't know this off the top of my head. I believe there are like 89 of us. And then how many shareholders do you have? Um, currently four or five of us. Well, it's really hard because we are just working on now. Like I said, we're working on a leadership team. So, you know, I'm trying to get two shareholders besides myself in every location. So we're creating this team and we're going to start that process in the next year. Now, this is my favorite. I think, I mean, I love many things about you, Kenneth, but are you also behind the chair doing oh, all of this? Yes, I am behind the chair <laughs> a lot. I am still behind the chair four days a week, and uh-huh. I work with three associates, and I'm there 7.30 in the morning till like three. I do that wow. four times a week. I just want people to hear that loud and proud because I think so many owners think like at some point you you have to step away. But if you're enjoying being behind the chair, like it's okay to stay. So how do you manage that with working four days behind the chair? That's a full-time schedule behind the chair alone. We have key people. Like I have a key shareholder. She is not a hairdresser. But she does a lot of coaching. She does the payroll. She does a lot of stuff. So I can check in with her and everything. So we have a meeting once or twice a week about everything that's going on. And we talk, I would say, two or three times a week. I would say she's my business partner in all that stuff so that I can do what I do behind my chair. I love training people and I like putting them to the floor. Um, Pandemic. I think changed a little bit too. I was backing away from my chair a little bit and it was getting really nice. And then because of pandemic, I went back to my chair just to get more people trained to the floor because we knew there would be some people leaving. And I really do love doing hair. I think you have to, as you uh, get more experience in this business, you have to definitely take care of your body and be more careful as you move along and how far you push yourself. So there's a good balance there. Yeah, I think that's it's beautiful. Like choosing when to go in and also understanding when times to to back off and then to when to go back in again. We are finding also too, it's kind of like a new person that's coming in. It's these people that have experience in some salons. They're like, I call them hybrids now because they're not newbies coming out of the salon schools. They've been in they've been in other salons now for two years being 
hands and not getting their hands in hair. So they've been doing laundry and sweeping and they're frustrated, Um, but they have some talent. So you don't want to start them at ground zero, but you can't get, you can't give them like their own chair yet. So what we're trying to do is I'm trying to get all those people as fast as I can in a, an accelerated training program to get them mm-hmm. to the floor faster. Yeah. Yeah. We're finding that the time windows shorter and shorter. Like we used to do a year, then it was nine months. Now it's six months. Um, just <laughs> yeah. just you, so we can get them on the floor. Do you have a pair of scissors? Do you have a blow dryer? Go ahead. <laughs> can, you cut a, can you cut a straight line? Can you cover gray hair? Awesome. Let's get going. And if you can't cut a straight line, you just tell the client they want it asymmetrical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think that that you know it's cool. I, I I really admire the fact that you're you're keeping up with everything that that's um, changing. What is in the future for evolution? Yeah, so I I believe the future and my goal. My my goal always from my heart was is to you know I saw a real void in this industry where people weren't making money, and I ran into hairdressers who had tired feet, aches. They were older. And they never saved any money and they just, the industry just beat them up, but they stayed the whole time. So when I saw it and I saw there was a way out, it was like to teach them to earn a living that they want um, and to teach as many people how to do this for as long as they want was my goal. So I'd like more shareholders and I'd like to create a leadership team that will continue with my vision or the vision that they decide the company needs to go in at that time to pass it on. And the more people we educate and how we learn and create a culture, I think the better it will be. So I love all of that. You know, what, if you had a piece of advice for someone that is like, I, the numbers are there, I'm ready, but I'm scared. What advice would you have for that person? I think being scared is natural. I kind of got confused as I've been, as my life has been changing and moving along. So I now understand that being scared, you can also, you, it also could be confused with excitement. So, mm-hmm. so if all the numbers are there and you can prove yourself that this can work and you're ready to lose what you already have. And what I mean by that is, is that you have one successful location. If you're okay with only having one successful, open the second one. If it fails, it's okay. You still have one. Right. So you just got to take care of that one. Make sure that one's good. Second one open, give it a try. If that works, then go for it. So I just kept on Mm -hmm. doing it to where I was okay of losing it. I was like, it's okay. I'm going to try it. You know, we know that every business, you have to try it nine times for one of them out of the 10 to succeed. So I did pretty well. My team did pretty well. We opened four and they succeeded. And even if one of them was to shut down, the business was already successful. It made money. It passed it on. We already hit all our goals. The shareholders were paid back whatever they invested. Yeah. So I think those are the kind of questions you need to ask yourself. Are you okay with going back to one location? I'm okay tomorrow going back to cutting hair with a few people that I love and earning a living if this doesn't work out. Yeah. And I think that's the, if it's one of those things, if you hold something so tightly, it'll slip through your fingers. So I think that not being attached to that uh, specific outcome is okay. And I think that that's such a beautiful mindset. You know, the more locations you have, the more areas that you have that could change. You're, 
you know, you could have an amazing demographic at some point in a specific neighborhood and that neighborhood could change or the building itself could change. There's so many other elements that could lead to a salon closing that has nothing to do with that specific business itself. Yes, um, exactly. Yeah. If I didn't have a passion for people growing, when you take the numbers, it's kind of crazy, but I could have stayed in the one location and already been retired. Um, <laughs> more is not always more. Yeah. But my life's work is so satisfying that I did it. Even when people leave, like I, I think we have to understand this, is that when somebody leaves your salon and opens their own salon, you've changed that person's life. Forever. So for our final question, what does happiness mean to you? Uh, happiness means to me making choices for my life that are my choices, that they're not influenced by society, not influenced by other people, and getting to do what I want a lot of time of the day. <laughs> so I, I think that's what happiness means to me. Beautiful. Um, Kenneth, where can people connect with you or connect with Evolution online? Definitely with me at Hair by Kenneth is my Instagram. The salon is Evolution. Um, you know, we already have our whole education plan program for next year. And it's amazing. Like, it is the year of just cutting and everything like that. So I think that's where we're going. And uh, that's how they can get in touch with me is Hair by Kenneth. Kenneth, thank you so much for joining us on Summit Up. I am so thankful for this conversation. I hope it impacts as many lives as this conversation has impacted me. Thank you. Sum It Up is produced by Andrew Moraskin. The executive editor is Tim Fisk, and I'm Blake Reed Evans. Now, if you like what you heard, the best way to show your support is to share this podcast with a friend or a coworker. We would be honored if you left a rating and review for us on Apple Podcasts. And if you're a Spotify user, you can rate us on there too. As always, you can always follow Summit on Instagram and TikTok at Summit Salon. You and I can connect on Instagram and TikTok as well at Blake Reed Evans. My DMs are always open. Be well, friend, and we'll talk soon.